Listening Dog Media. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Offside Rule. We get it. Brought to you by a Wolves fan, a Manchester United fan and a Liverpool fan. Hello and a very happy new year from us girls at the Offside Rule. We get it podcast. It's happy new year from me, Lindsay Hooper. Yeah, how long do we say happy new year from? Right until the end of the month? Yeah. It's me, Hayley McQueen. I love that greeting, by the way. I think it's positive and it's like, oh, it's a new year. Fantastic. It's me, Kate Borsay. Hello. Well, we have to say it as well because people have been asking, where have you gone? Um, we decided for the first time in however many years to have an extended break, partly because Borsay, living up to her name, was in France, wasn't he? <laughs> I was, like my phone, which I dropped down the toilet. We also dropped ourselves down the toilet, escaped for a few weeks to indulge in the Christmas and New Year football. But now we're back. You say indulge, I indulged in uh, work. I was at work from Boxing Day right up until about the 3rd of January. And now I'm enjoying a little spell off where nobody else wants to go out. Nobody's eating, nobody's drinking. And I'm just, I'm just here lonely. So thank God you two have come round. Well, Hayley and I were both working over New Year and we just about managed at midnight to clink our glasses with a bit of Prosecco, didn't we, and see the New Year together? We did, of course we did. It was great. We, we just hot-footed it, both from work. In the bar, 10 to 12, we were sat down with a glass in each hand. So we started the year as we're going to carry on with a glass in our hand at every opportunity. Were you recognised? Was the bar busy? Can you set a bit of a scene for us? Was it a local Weatherspoons? Was it, was it an underground bar? Was it the local youth club? Was it actually Haley's Kitchen? There was an underground disco. We never even ventured down there, did we? It sounded brilliant. Everyone was dressed up. We just headed upstairs to the bar with a slightly... The, the much, yeah. When you say much, we brought the average age down to about 55. Yeah. Hayley also waited for about 17 minutes to get served and just getting rather, rather unsettled by the fact that we might not be able to toast in New Year. Well, you wouldn't keep a Scot waiting on New Year's Eve, would you? No. Hell no. <laughs> ruin my hog, my knee. <laughs> um, I have to also apologise for sounding a bit nasal. I've, I've managed to get the cold that you had. You've had it as well, haven't mm-hmm. you? I actually had it back... 
What about Halloween heading into November? Full on mega flu. It was mm. disgusting. So thank God I got it early and it didn't ruin Christmas. And then it was your turn. Well, yeah, and I'm actually going to pass on my Robbie Fowler-style nasal plasters uh, for you. <laughs> They're magnificent. Always always an instant touch of Vicks in those ones. Oh, are they? Yeah. Have you got those in your bag? Brilliant. Yeah. Great stuff. Just put a little bit of cover-up over the top of it. Are they, are they white? I'm guessing they are. No. Oh, they're skin-coloured. Yeah, wow, wow, yeah. like Band-Aids. Yes. Wow. Yeah, Band-Aids with a difference. Oh, oh thanks for those. Um, right. I'll just, you know, try and bring out my best Robbie Fowler. I'll go and play whilst wearing one yes. of these. Yes, Try and score a few goals. That should be my New Year's resolution. I need to get playing football again. Um, anyway, um, speaking of the beautiful game, um, we've got loads to discuss because we made, before Christmas, when we did our last podcast three weeks ago... Um, we actually made a few predictions, all of us, about different leagues. The Borse had an easier go of it because you only... But I did have two leagues. You did have two leagues, yeah. but only one week of fixtures in each league. Yeah. <laughs> and then Hayley and I both had two weeks worth of games to predict, which actually yeah. included three games yes. for yeah. us, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, it was busy over Christmas and New Year as well, wasn't it? And I, I predicted, not brilliantly... But I didn't do too badly, just saying. I think we all did all right, actually. We'll, yes. we'll, we'll actually recap what happened and who did the best. So it was, it was actually looking at the turn of the year, who would be in which position, who would be the nearest to getting that right. Mm. And we, we said there was a prize. In fact, you said there was a prize, Kate. <laughs> I think I did, didn't I? Yeah, you did bring mm. chocolate. You bought chocolate, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've already, we've already, we've already eaten it. <laughs> <laughs> you've already eaten most of it we're winning before we're winning what would happen if Cristiano Ronaldo ate his Ballon d'Or before he received it huh wow. what would happen if uh, Claudio Ranieri recently named as FIFA club coach of the year was yeah. it uh, what would happen if he ate his prize before he received it well, just make sure you get it, don't you? Because it's not going to leave you yeah. then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we will reveal who the winner is. That is coming up. We're also going to talk about some little news lines over the festive period. There's been so much football going on. We've also had just the third round of the FA Cup taking place. So we've got plenty to talk about. Um, and as well as that, other little nuggets that might have caught your eye. Uh, we're going to talk Chinese takeaway as well. I have to say... I do apologise. I went on that massive rant about the Chinese Super League. Well, I don't apologise, but I just wanted to get it off my chest. We had quite a lot of interaction on that on our Twitter account, at OffsideRulePod, where quite a few people did appreciate the fact that I'd gone on a rant about the Super League in China, just taking over and me just wanting it to shut down. Because of all the rumblings from China, we're going to bring back another topic, Chinese takeaway. Because have you also seen that referees are now being lured over to China? That Mark Clattenburg got an offer. Mm. So instead of getting something like 100 grand a year for refereeing in the Premier League, he could get a million pounds for going over to China. There are a few refs, someone like Mike Dean, I I wouldn't mind the Chinese buying Mike Dean and his ego because he'd probably get extra money for the ego, wouldn't he? Yeah, that's true. So that's kind of our topic, isn't it? Who we wouldn't mind sending over to China, what yeah. they can have of ours that we won't miss. Or I've got a couple of suggestions of things that they could implicate into the league that we maybe wouldn't do here because it's too established, but they could have a little go for us. Yeah, exactly. Whilst you're raiding us, here's a few other things you can take whilst you're at it. Yeah. Uh, we'll be talking about that later. Um, but first, let's go through a few news lines. <laughs> I'm Joe Hart. Joe, Joe Hart. I'm Fraser Foster. Fraser Foster. You're listening to the Offside Rule. We get it. We get it. And for the new year, the Offside Rule is also sponsored by BetOnBrazil.com and it's the betting site for all sports punters with great odds, markets and offers. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking for the new year, 
of like 60 quid, uh, they'll actually give you 60 pounds deposit match when you use the promo code offside. So just visit betonbrazil.com, enter the promo code offside when you deposit and they'll match your deposit up to 60 pounds. Also look out for daily happy hour offers between five and six o'clock every weekday. And you can sign up right now at betonbrazil.com. Uh, betonbrazil.com is for over 18s only and betting should be fun. So please gamble responsibly. So let's begin with a look over the festive period. For those people that were snoozing into their turkey dinner on Christmas Day, don't have a scoob is what's been going on. Or over New Year, maybe you had a little um, a little nap over the New Year period as well. Some <laughs> people quite... <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll bring people up to speed. So there's a few standout stories um, and we will go underneath and scratch underneath the surface as well. But um, one of the standouts has to be Chelsea as leaders of the Premier League had their record stopped in its tracks. Mm. They would equaled Arsenal, but did they surpass them? No, because Spurs helped Arsenal out mm. by beating Chelsea. That record went. Interesting that now everyone's talking about Spurs again as title contenders yeah. because of that performance. Yeah, I mean, they're doing incredibly well, aren't they? Five straight wins for them. So it's no wonder they've got everyone talking. I, I do like the way that Pochettino seems to be able to let his team just, just slink on in there. It happened, didn't it, last season as well? They, they, they just slink on in there with five straight wins um, and find themselves in the top three. So. I, I like how he has a little bit of fun as well. He did the whole thing about the the players that have re-signed and, and the familiar pose that we've seen with him mm -hmm. with his arm around the player. And he's had a little bit of fun with it. Um, so, yeah, one observation be, being the Chelsea run. Whilst we're talking about that and, and managers having a little bit of a laugh... Um, Slavin Bilic had me laughing in a press conference last week. He was talking about the January transfer window and he was making a bit of a, a point of the fact that West Ham, which is the case, seemed to get linked with every single yeah, player. Yeah. Um, and he was saying about how, you know, it's ridiculous. And then he named what he would want from someone. He wants Premier League experience right now in this window. He wants someone who, who's going to fill a void in his team that he, that he needs that gap plugging, especially whilst there's players away for West Ham um, at the Africa Cup of Nations as well. They're going to be missing a few players, got injuries, so they want people that can deputise there. And he went, and they also have to be handsome. And I thought that was a brilliant, <laughs> nice. a brilliant point. It's a bit like Harry Redknapp as well. If there was an African-sounding player whose name no one could pronounce, he would be linked with Harry Redknapp going to Harry Redknapp uh, at Spurs or at West Ham or at wherever he was. Uh, I suppose we should speak about the revival of um, Manchester United under Mourinho because they're doing brilliantly. Yeah. Um, especially the FA Cup at the weekend. I did have a few concerns when he was making all these changes. No Ibrahimovic, no Pogba. They're going to be back for the, for the semi-final of the League Cup this week. Yeah, exactly. I think when games come thick and fast and you look at the age of Ibrahimovic, it was finally the game where he had to be rested. And I don't think there was any issue with that. Reading were absolutely hopeless. No, I didn't, no, I didn't no. go to the game, but I obviously watched <laughs> bits of it. But thank God I didn't. I was nearly going to make the trip up to Manchester because yeah. um, I had a rare weekend off. But I didn't would have quite liked to have gone to Old Trafford and seen um, United scoring as freely as they were yeah. but yeah Mourinho's got his mojo back and fingers crossed things are good for him and he's been having a real bad time as well his wife has been really seriously ill and has been traveling back and forth to um, I think it's Portugal he's been traveling to, to to visit her while she's been really poorly which he kind of tried to keep under wraps mm. as well but that added to the strain as well. 
What about witchcraft in football? It's going to be banned from all games oh, in Africa. Thank I know, thank good because there's been bizarre, freakish things that have been happening to players and referees. And um, apparently football players have been seen casting spells mm. on opponents' goals. These images came out in Africa. So the big news in Africa this year is that uh, that is going to be completely banned. Mm. How you'll know whether they haven't got up to any witchcraft, mm. who knows? Witchcraft of your own to try and figure it out? Mm. Oh, God. It's just troublesome, isn't it? They'll all just be reading Harry Potter instead. Trying to do a Harry Potter, actually. Hull City, oh no, it's Bradford that playing similar colours to Potter. But I guess Hull could go down there. They've got their new man in charge, Marcus Silva. Um, big story about him. Obviously, everyone was kind of straight on to Google. Portuguese coach, what's he like? No one had really heard of him. Well, I certainly hadn't, had you? I'd heard of him, but I, I didn't know much about him. Yeah, he, he sounds like someone that you've heard of, but in reality, he wasn't, yeah. for me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it was him and Paul Clement, new managers, going head-to-head -head in the FA Cup, actually, which was quite funny, with Hull coming out on top. So these two new managers, I was doing a bit of research on Marco Silva, and um, he was once sacked for not wearing the official club suit. Apparently that was one of the reasons that actually officially went down. Like when you have a divorce and you have to write down irreconcilable, irreconcilable differences, is that it? Yeah. And uh, it was one of the many... suit choice. Yeah, so he chose to wear his own clothing. I know. A young rebel we have here. What a liability. What a liability he is. I mean, how dare he? How, how very dare he? Absolutely. Um, a couple more that I'll throw in which are FA Cup related... Mm. Um, Bournemouth changing their entire starting 11 at the weekend. Eddie Howe, he, he said afterwards that he regretted making that choice. Funny that. Funny that, <laughs> when it doesn't go your way. Um, but how ridiculous changing the whole 11. The whole 11. Um, which I think makes a little bit of a farcical of the FA Cup and you look at the dwindling crowds. It's the kind of thing that Arsene Wenger would do though, isn't it? It's the well, kind of thing he would do. And you were hearing reports, I was working on that day and I'll, I'll come to that in a minute with one of the other things that I'm going to fill you in on, but you listen around the grounds and the updates and anyone who was on a giant killing mission, so your Starbridge or your Sutton Uniteds, you'd hear big crowds in the background because they double there. So I think there was um, Starbridge have an average of a thousand that go to their home games mm. and they took 2000 in the FA Cup. So they doubled it. Brilliant. Yeah. But then you had somewhere like where I was at, at Loftus Road, which was less than half full, that stadium at Loftus Road. They closed an entire stand. There was another lower stand completely empty and it was just short of 7,500 in the crowd, which was disappointing. And that was one of just many, many examples. So you do think that the FA Cup magic still dwindles. We have that debate every year. Um, interesting about QPR, though, I will tell you this. They're now tied with Plymouth as having the worst record in the FA Cup since the turn of the millennium. They've not reached the fourth round. They, they always get to the third round, don't get any further and Plymouth are the only team that that equal them in, in how bad that they've been in the FA Cup and they were beaten again at the weekend when I was there so um yeah it's it's a shame to hold those worst records but that that's one that I'm going to throw in there well Plymouth of course managed a draw against Liverpool we played terribly Liverpool but if we make it through in the replay Wolves. We've got Wolves oh, no. next, Linz. We have to try and get to this game. Liverpool versus Wolves, if it happens. I was really pleased with Wolves as well because Marquis does not take the FA Cup lightly. He's one of the managers that actually really does hold true. He, he really values what the competition brings in this country. So I thought it was going to be tough. And, and actually, I'd have said that we'd lose. So 2-0, happy days. Well, a couple of stories that I read with interest um, over the festive period that I thought were... Um, 
were quite telling. Uh, we should talk about Manchester City, actually. We've mentioned most of the other title contenders, but how City have fallen away a bit. And it looks, I don't know, when I was watching them, I just thought they lacked a plan. They, they kind of lack a cutting edge, don't they? And that, that was the cutting edge that we were so enthralled with uh, in the first sort of quarter of the season, I suppose. Um, so that concerns me a little bit, actually, as I'm sure it concerns Pep Guardiola as well. There's been a real lack of discipline as well. When you look yeah, at Fernandinho and Aguero yeah. and you think, is it because he's a young manager and they can relate to him that they don't look at him like a Mancini or sort of a, you know, like a, a headmaster type person? He's like your PE teacher. You feel like, oh, he's, he's a kind of young manager. He's on our level, but he's not managing to instill that kind of discipline as well. But surely with his pedigree, he should no. be coming. I mean, you know, he you should, don't... But still. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's that. I just think it hasn't clicked together as easily as perhaps it has done in, in the past for him. And he'll be very aware he's just starting out at that club. It's all down to Bravo, isn't it? Don't you think? Yeah. Do you not think you look at the back four when there are four um, for Manchester City and think they don't trust the keeper mm-hmm. and you don't trust your keeper and then that filters through the team doesn't it, it means you don't you don't progress further up you hold your line longer yeah. um, they're not playing the city way that you that, I mean, what is really funny about it in my mind is that the reason Pep let Joe Hart go to Italy to Torino is because he wanted a keeper to play out from the back but now everyone's holding back so deep they're not yeah. playing out because they're holding back and holding the line longer mm-hmm. because they're not trusting mm-hmm. that he's going to scoop everything up. I, 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 I'm just still really scratching my head over that. that it's one of those things, there's not one thing that you can point your finger to and say, well, it's not this, they're not scoring enough goals, or yes, I know they're not disciplined enough at the back, but you, you can't pinpoint what, there's lots of little things that are all coming together mm. that are just not quite working. Mm. But it's, it's interesting looking at him and how he's reacting after these games as well, because when he looked at the win um, over Burnley, you know, it might, it might have been a win, but his responses in the post-match were, were, were sort of tetchy, short and kind of gnarly. And there was a really interesting piece actually on New Year's Day from Andy Hunter in the Guardian um, and that was the evening um, because of course City had lost to Liverpool um, quite a defining result really two big clubs um, and uh, Andy Hunter had written about how Guardiola had met Tiki Bergerstein in the bowels of the new main stand at Anfield and he was very agitated Guardiola apparently he was sort of pacing around um, punching his fist into his other palm so he was clearly incredibly irate um, so you know <laughs> I think he does put on a bit of a persona, and, and I, I know he appeared to be tetchy, but generally he's quite an amenable, nice person. Um, and in the po- in the official post match, he'd wished everyone a happy new year. He'd been very nice, and then to, to to get this little insight, and you must look it up if you can, guys. It's a really interesting article to get this little insight into Guardiola, into the kind of passion and the anger that lies beneath. I think's very very telling. I'm really interested to see how this one plays out. Um, I, I also want to credit him um, with being the complete anti-Mourinho as far as ego is concerned. Uh, he said, I'm not going to change England, and I don't want to do that when he was talking about style of football. Of course, it's going to change me. That's why I came here to be changed. That's nice. You never hear Mourinho saying that, do you? I came to this club because I want to learn. I want to benefit from a new league. Instead, Guardiola, with all the merits and all his accomplishments, has said, yeah, I am here to learn. So there we go. Not like Mourinho, I am the best. My team will win the league. It is, uh, if we do not, it is not down to me. It is them, not me. A <laughs> couple of other moments I love from the festive period. Jamie Vardy masks. 
Yeah. Of course, the, the club in protest yeah. at his ban. There were masks on every seat. Even Jamie Vardy yeah. put on a mask, didn't he? It's quite funny. Everyone's having a Jamie Vardy mask. Um, and my favourite bit about Sam Allardyce, obviously, he has to be quite careful, right? He's in a manager's role again, having really messed up at England, OK? Having been embarrassed, having been left red-faced by that whole debacle, as well as the FA being left red-faced, I should point out as well. So really, if you're Sam Allardyce, you, you shouldn't really be inviting the headlines like you do when you get irate at a club mascot for having a joke dive at the feet of Wilfred Zaha um, after your side lose. So uh, Sam Allardyce, it's only a club mascot. It's Harry the Hornet, the Watford mascot. He was having a joke. He was having a dive in front of Zaha. It was just a joke. There's no need to get genuinely angry about it. Do you know, in the follow-up to that, um, the ma it was like mascot gate and everyone was asking about it in press conferences and the Sky reporter, actually, Hayley, um, asked Arsene Wenger, you know, about Gunasaurus. Mm. And it appeared, if you listen back or watch the press conference back, it appeared like Arsene Wenger didn't know who Gunasaurus was. No. Yeah. <laughs> when he, that's the first person that greets him when he gets off the coach. The only person who wears a puffer coat as well as Wenger. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm Ricky the Hitman Hatton, and you're listening to The Offside Rule. We get it. Women talking about football. Do me a favour. Next, on to our pre-Christmas predictions. We're all trying to be a little mystic Meg. Um, I have to say here, what was the prize? It's one thing saying that there's a winner and they're going to get a prize, but we never got told what it was. We don't care, though, because... We've already had our Milky Way. Yeah, we've had our Milky Way. Oh, it was oh. no Milky Bar. And... I think Kate's won, even though hers was easier than ours. Yeah. No, I had two leagues to get right. That's three, the top three and the bottom. But th it was you who set the gifting of a prize. Oh, yeah. And you know what? You, you, you've pretty much won, so we don't care. Unless we include the sack race bit in it, and then that throws things that open. It really down. does bring me down. But all I can say is I'm competitive by nature. There's no point in having a competition that you're going to set unless you know you're going to be good at it. Okay. Uh, well, let's run through. Um, we did some Premier League predictions. We also did a sack race, which I have to say, Hayley and I did pretty yeah, well on. Yeah, um, however, um, we'll start with the predictions in the leagues. Now, Hayley had the Premier League, which was a difficult one because there was, there was so much vying for position at the top. There's so many teams in it at the bottom. So I think you've done pretty well here because you predicted Chelsea would be top, mm -hmm. City in second and Liverpool in third. Yeah. And actually, Chelsea are top, so you get three points for that. You got Liverpool down in third, but then they're runners-up, weren't they? They're in second place, yeah. so they get one point. Um, and you said Swansea to stay bottom. Yeah. So overall, you got four points. Um, so it's Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham is actually how it was with City in fourth because they dropped down a bit. Hull were in bottom, I'm afraid. Uh, Swansea weren't, so you didn't get anything for that. Um, I had the championship because I, I end up going to quite a lot of championship games for the BBC. So I should have hoped to have done better with this. I got the top two the wrong way around, didn't I? Yeah, um, I said Newcastle would be top, followed by Brighton and then Huddersfield. It was And I said Rotherham would remain bottom. And actually it was Brighton, then Newcastle, Reading mm. were in third and Rotherham remained bottom. But I get three points for the bottom one being correct, which actually was pretty easy. Um, and then a point each for the Newcastle and Brighton. So I got five points. 
And I know we've talked a lot about Premier League, but actually Reading doing really, really well in the league as well. And, and you know, also looking at people like Leeds as well with a chance of the playoff places. It's quite interesting what's going on there. Yeah, the playoffs are going to be very interesting indeed. So Kate's got her two leagues. Um, one round of matches. Um, you had in La Liga, Real Madrid, Sevilla, Barca in that order and Osasuna bottom. Mm. Well done. Um, and then in Bundesliga, you had Bayern Munich top, RB Leipzig and Hertha Berlin, um, Darmstadt bottom. Mm. And they were all correct oh, as well. As wow. So without doing the sack race, I think we have a winner. What are you giving yourself? Um, I'm going to give myself maybe the remaining milky bar. Okay. So sack race, yeah. just to tie things up completely. Yeah. Um, I have to say props to you, Hayley, because we did the sack race, um, who we thought of all of the Premier League managers would go first. I said Bob Bradley, who went on the 27th of December, mm -hmm. sacked after 85 days. But you, you, my dear, said Alan Pardew. Mm. And he was sacked on the 23rd of December. I know that one well because I might have been shipped over to Selhurst yeah. Park that, oh. that, that night. Had a long one. Yeah. I said Puel, didn't I? Mm. Three defeats in a row. So it might, it might not be long. Might not. Ticking mm. time bomb. Ready to go off. <laughs> Check out exclusive football content daily on OffsideRawPodcast.com. Well, ladies, we'll finish off with a Chinese takeaway, and I don't mean literally because it's post-Christmas. We're all on, a, we're all watching our, our figures. <laughs> um, we're actually talking about Chinese Super League coming in, start starting now on the referees, taking the referees abroad. So, what else can they raid from us and happily take? In fact, I'm going to put it out there right now and start off with the offside rule. If they want yeah. a all-female football podcast and um, <laughs> they, they've got like six, seven figures on the go, we'll we'll go over there. But then no one would ever listen, just like no one ever watches. Maybe we could send them Mike Dean. Would they learn from him or would he learn from them? Who knows? Well, I mean, I would advise them to get him a first-class seat, you know, one for him, one for his ego. Yeah, yeah. quite, quite. I would, why not um, have them have ball girls as well as ball boys? Because we don't do that over yeah. here, do we? And make sure that they integrate that over there. Is it possible to give China FIFA? Could, could, could we do that? Could, mm -hmm. we, could we give them FIFA, maybe? They don't they even have to buy it. Just give it to them. <laughs> they would love that because there's so much money in China, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. Mm. And perhaps we could give them agents who create false transfer rumours mm -hmm. for their clients just to engineer a higher salary at the club the client's perfectly happy at anyway that has no intention of leaving. Um, can I also uh, suggest to, to China that they might want to buy any football teams based over here with a faddy name? Yeah, a football team's not a real football team unless it's got a place name in it, I think. So anyone who wants to buy, I don't know, Thunder FC, uh, Green Clipper United, just, just, just random faddy names. China, you, you can you please buy them all. In fact, we, in fact, we need to make China believe that that's the next big thing, don't we? Well, the next big thing, but I think we just go all out and give them exactly... They want to be England, so let's give them exactly what they want because they want the English Premier League. Yeah. They're trying their best to buy up every player that's over here. Mm. They're now trying to get the referees. They're trying to replicate the nice pitches. Mm. They're taking the managers. Why don't we give them the whole thing? Why don't we send the Queen? Yes. Buckingham Palace. Yeah. They could have the whole thing. I've just, I, I've, I've just thought. Famous London landmarks. Yeah. Send Big Ben. No. Send the Shard. No. No, they definitely can't have the... They can have the Queen. 
with all respect. Uh, they, they can't have the London landmarks. I'm just thinking, you, you know, I'm starting to think about the darker side of this now. Uh, we've just been talking a little bit about conspiracy theories and stuff behind the scenes. I, I'm wondering if China are are asking for the optimum specimens of our game and they're going to genetically modify Ooh. or they're going to take some sort of DNA clone, a bit like Dolly the Sheep. They're going to genetically clone Delhi Alley times 10. They're going to genetically clone Clattenburg, all the other players and, and sort of elements of our, of our game. There could be something really sinister at hand here. I mean, you can just do that with offspring, can't you? Have all their... Yeah, but for the Chinese, they, 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 surely they, they, they could just take a sample of Delhi Alley. We and know that they like their technology. They could create yeah. a Robot 11. Because apparently, by 2040, every household's going to have their own robot, human-looking. Oh, they could just do a human Robot 11 that could come and play in the Premier League. I have one of them. My other half cooks for me every night. He's a chef. In fact, he tidied my flat today before um, he left, and then I just made it a big old mess again. I'd like to see, like, an NFL-style draft. So they have their own transfer window, but it doesn't go on for a month, and there's just this draft period, which would help us out over here, because if you were a player that was looking... I know, obviously, drafts come from the college setup, blah, 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 but players over here just go over to China for 48 hours, and on one evening... They just kind of all line up and you just draft in and out. There's quotas now actually in China, isn't there, which is pretty good. Um, They're putting um, certain amounts of players and Chinese players, foreign players. Um, They're putting a cap on things. That's good. They're also introducing at the end of the league, if you finish tied on points, if first and second are on the same points, or even first, second and third, if there's a few teams more than than two, it's going to go down to, how do you think? Playoffs. Sumo wrestling. No, that would be good. Chinese goal scorers. So anyone else that scored that isn't Chinese doesn't count. And that's to kind of promote Chinese players and making sure that they obviously have forwards. And actually, some of their best players are forwards and midfielders because obviously they're not gifted with height in China. I'm in two minds about this suggestion because part of me, it's a love-hate thing. Part of me is in love with the fact that we have a Christmas football fixture bonanza mm-hmm. where we boxing day all go out you look at the crowds it's all very friendly we have the new year um the bank holiday football then we have the fa cup straight afterwards and part of me loves it part of me from a working capacity that never has any time off over christmas mm-hmm. hates it so i'm thinking why don't we ship them the winter fixtures yeah. and we'll take a, a, a winter break yeah. and i would like them to believe that they need to buy all of our smelly shin pads because smelly shin pads are good luck tokens, yeah? yeah? I would also quite like to ban bibs in this game. No one wants to be on the team who's got the bibs because they reek of sweat after six months of never being washed by the kitman. So I think we need to say that smelly shin pads and smelly bibs are good luck tokens, that our game, the success of our game is built on smelly shin pads and rank bibs, and they can have them all. That's, that's where the term blood, sweat and tears come from. We're giving them our yeah, blood, our sweat and our tears. Um, I'm sure that they'll be jotting a few of these ideas down, yeah. though. Obviously, regular downloaders of the Offside Rule podcast. Um, thank you very much, ladies. That is it. We're back for the new year. We're back for 2017. Hope that you enjoy downloading us every fortnight. We're back now every two weeks. Um, I have to say, I hope my voice comes back a little bit better and I don't sound quite so nasal. Thank you. And a quick reminder as well that there is brand new content on our website every single day to offsiderulepodcast.com. 
um, and see the latest there. Give us a follow on Twitter if you haven't already. These are some 2017 New Year resolutions, yeah. aren't they? Give us a follow on Twitter if you don't already, at Offside Rule Pod. Like on Facebook, we've got the Offside Rule Podcast page. Do that. Uh, anything else you want to chip in with? No, just continue to download and listen, and we'll see you in a fortnight. The Offside Rule, we get it. With Lindsay Hooper, Hayley McQueen and Kate Borsay. Sports Social Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.